when it comes to boundaries and our marriage and boundaries and kids, that's a hard thing to navigate because I feel like all of kids is just boundary setting. <laughs> like all of parenting is boundary setting. Yeah. But what about the times when we're setting boundaries from our kids to protect our marriage, to huh. uh, make sure that we are in a place of health? What does that look like? Because oftentimes it can be skewed of like, mm. give me the me time or my kids are annoying, get them away so we can have our time. And what what should inform those decisions and attitudes? Yeah. If we're not careful, our kids can suck the life right out of our marriage <laughs> in, in a really uh, kind they of don't covert way. They don't they mean to. They do it. All and the time. <laughs> what I mean, and and, so, and that's on the parents too, because like you've heard of people who like once their kids leave to go to college or whatever, they're left with like, well, what, now we don't have a relationship anymore because our whole right. life revolved around our kids. Right. So boundaries so, are good. Boundaries are really good. Um, we love kids. Kids are a blessing from God. Uh, however, they do have to be bounded. <laughs> Bound. <laughs> Bounded with boundaries. Uh, yeah, so we're going to share on that today. And uh, we're also going to share about some additions, uh, an addition to the Frederick household. So yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. It's two editions and it's not babies. <laughs> Selena, I totally pulled a fast one on you. That you, you uh, my eyes like, got wide. I was like, are you pregnant, Ryan? I am. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't believe in that, folks. You know that. So we, my great uncle passed away this last week and I grew up spending time on his 40 acre farm i used to help uh harvest vegetables in the summer and like taters. a bunch of they called you a, tater salad yeah right just learned a bunch of uh <laughs> life lessons and ha- got to have slow summers on the farm it was really great um so he will be greatly missed uh his daughter lives on the farm still and their cat had kittens and she actually was just like you know what I would really love it if you guys, and we the girls already knew we were going to look at kittens when we went down there just to visit them. But of course, you can't just ever look at kittens. Um, but we did bring two home because we were kind of thinking two would be great. They were just running around in a big old barn loft, and they were barn kitties born on the farm. Can I add some more texture to this? <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> people are like, that's great how you just add two cats to your house. Well, as you know, if you've been listening, we actually... By God's grace, we moved recently, not far, but we moved to a little bit more land uh, where we've got some room to kind of, uh, you know, spread out a little bit. And part of that is this little, this, this piece of land came with a tiny little barn. This lady that I know it's here. hard to say it's a barn, but it is. There's a little loft and they had a little mini horse. And so we've been literally looking for barn cats <laughs> and we, I've, we named them Garbage Stop. and and Prinkles. <laughs> That's that's the mommy daddy names. <laughs> we call them garbage and prinkles. No, no, they're both these calico cats, and they are they're true blue barn cats, yeah. bred in a barn, raised in a barn. Yeah, and uh, we hope that they continue living in a barn. Right now, they are living in the house because they're, only they're like, kittens and they're yeah. defenseless, and and there's there's coyotes in the woods and stuff. Yes, but yes, I um the the one that Della named Fiona is the one that Della picked. Not they're both these calico Shrek. cats. We, I it's don't from know. Fiona's Luck, a book that she that yes. she's, she likes, and it has it's like the tail was either genetically gone or was crushed really early on in birth. It doesn't have a tail. It's got this little flap of like weird looking skin. Yeah, it works occasionally. It kind of like just dangles there. Yeah, and I, that's the one I'm calling garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Even though and the other one is uh, Daisy. Emmy was like. If it's a boy, I'm going to name it Pa. And I was like, why Pa? And we were like, well, we'll, we'll think about it a little bit. We're going we're gonna to let <laughs> Let's think about some of the stories you've read and some of the names. And then she's like, Daisy. I was like, oh, would you like to name it Daisy? I really like her name. As it turns out, okay, and this is off topic, sorry. Um, but Calico Cats, they're a 3,001 chance that they're going to be female. There's only Male. one in... 
No, one in every 3,000 oh, is male. Gotcha. And so these are both girl cats, which we're very happy about. Yeah, maybe we'll keep the line, but hopefully <clears throat> not yeah. too soon. Um. <laughs> so we have a little tiny barn, and these cats are going to live there, and they're going to they have a job, right? They're not pets. They're working animals, <laughs> and that's to keep our, our little piece of land free of mice, rats, and... I think Daisy's going to fill that the, role really well. I'm, I'm not really sure about yeah. Fiona. She's a snuggle bug, yeah. so we'll see. But so, that's our adventures in... Uh, Frederick, a the quick Frederick update. household. So all around kids and boundaries, and that this is um, a bit of a segue. And I used the I, I juked my own wife out saying that we had additions to I the just Frederick follow you household. Uh, but it's all around uh, how do we maintain marital health? Now we're going to try really hard today to walk this line between talking about practices of parenting and actually like discipling our kids, and because that's our hearts are really kind of passionate about that. But we do want to keep it marriage-centered. So you'll kind of feel us pushing and pulling against that boundary there, mm-hmm. trying to, to really focus on it. But our focus here today is how to create healthy boundaries around our marriage. Okay, hear me out. Around our marriage that kids aren't in. Okay, so there are certain parts. Like, yes, our kids are part of our lives. We're all about integration. We're all about letting them be a part of every aspect of our lives where it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And there's the thing. And we talked about this in the first week. Boundaries exist because there is a better and a worse scenario. Right. In this case, there's a better scenario where our marriage is healthy and we're maintaining the health of our relationship, how we communicate, even in terms of our intimacy, in terms of some of the conversations and topics that we will and won't address with children within earshot. Right. There is a better and a worse in those situations. Uh, and some of it's really clear, like obviously with the intimacy piece, like that is Duh. like we lock the door like you are not involved and we don't want you even knowing about it <laughs> at this age. Uh, and there's other ones where maybe we're arguing and we we have to have really clear boundaries around how we're going to argue because uh, we have to recognize that our our conflict even has a purpose. Right, the it's way to, we conflict. The way gonna... we have conflict, yeah, is important, not just for our kids and focusing on us, but so that our, our hearts and we can parent them better, but we can be in agreement with one another mm-hmm. and not be divided against each other. Mm-hmm. So there's some, there's some nuances in this so, conversation. Yep. For sure. This is number two of four episodes, uh, on this series uh, entitled boundaries. So last week we kind of spoke generally, uh, we leaned a little bit more heavily into in-laws. Um, we also recorded a, video for gospel centered marriage around boundaries with some of our mm-hmm. friends. It will only be friends. available there. Unfortunately, it will only be available there, but fortunately anyone can be a part of gospel yes. centered marriage. Yes. Yeah. Go to um, gospelcenteredmarriage.com. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that we talked about, uh, in-laws, uh, more heavily. That was the focus and family. So go check that out. We might touch and bring up a few points from that conversation as well, because it was so incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. So if you, are new to the, f- the fierce marriage kind of space, and you've listened to a few episodes and you haven't left a rating or review, please do that. That's very helpful to us. Mm. And I, we to got the a listeners. really thank you, listeners. You came through and we had some really encouraging reviews. Mm. Uh, and so I'm just really thankful for you that have, if you have, and if you haven't had a chance to do it, like don't feel bad. Just, just take, just enjoy the com- the, the conversation, mm. enjoy the content. <laughs> just kidding. So he's like, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, no, but really I'm don't kidding. feel bad. Just yeah. know that if, if God is leading you and you feel compelled to do that, that is something we really do appreciate. With that said, no strings attached. Like we're not going to hold it against you if we meet you in public someday and you're like, I listen to your podcast. I'm not going to be like, do you leave a, re- leave a review? <laughs> and if you didn't, How is you're that? dead to me. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Instead, we're just going to, you know, cool. we're just going to be glad to meet you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the rating review piece. Uh, Patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That is our community where we connect and do early releases. Uh, we actually, sometime in the next few weeks, we're going to do a Zoom, kind of live Zoom thing. Um, we do have some time off coming up, so that might be later than than I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. And life has just been, and you guys probably feel this too, but life has been extra chaotic and everything. So anyway, if you want to support us, that's how you do it in a very direct, tangible way. And it's uh, there are benefits to the patrons. But the biggest benefit is that you are on mission with us mm-hmm. in this thing called fierce marriage and pointing couples to Christ and commissioning them for the gospel. You would be a part of that. And if you want to, go to uh, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And uh, finally, we mentioned gospel Center marriage. Um, that's our new kind of online learning ecosystem. And you can go there and sign up um, and take, basically, there's a core marriage course and there's ongoing kind of enrichment courses that are being released mm-hmm. every uh, every 
month or two. And it's a growing body of content. And the point there is that we want we, our dream is for every couple to go through the six week core, which really firm, firmly establishes your foundations on the gospel in all the key areas of marriage. And then after that, our encouragement to you is just to spend a, a night a month, one night a month, going through a one a, a sixty to ninety minute exercise with a course and with a discussion guide so that your marriage is always kind of being grown and developed uh, on the things of God. So go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and you'll be able to find out all the information for that. And uh, that's that's that. Awesome. So a quick recap. Last week we talked generally about boundaries, what they are, why we don't have them. Uh, We did touch a bit on the in-law dynamic. Um, So... And what is the what is our biblical instruction around or on boundaries? What what are we supposed to follow and look to? Yeah. Uh, and so there are three things that we want to kind of keep in our mind as we're listening to this episode. Uh, what keeps us from having boundaries? And these are the three things that we need to kind of keep coming back to. Why we don't have boundaries mm. or what keeps us from having them. And we mentioned this last week is uh, they are either unclear, um, they are unsaid, or they are unenforced. Hmm. So uh, this just goes obviously so brilliantly when you have the child, you know, parent relationship, that whole dynamic, mm. uh, including yeah. your marriage. So how do we begin talking about that? Our, again, like you said, our goal today yeah. is not to talk about parenting techniques, but to talk about uh, how do we implement boundaries that are godly and not selfishly motivated in order to keep our marriage covenant intact and healthy and thriving uh, for the glory of God. Hmm. So, what can a boundary... Oh. Can I just re... I just want to make, make a distinction between those three terms real fast. So, the yeah. unclear piece, that's that's more in terms of, like, what do we recognize ourselves as good boundaries? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we... In other words, we know what the boundaries should be, okay? That's that's whether they're clear, they're clear or unclear. So, for kids, for and we're going to talk about this at length, but, for instance, uh, we need to have time to connect as a couple. Okay, that's a clear boundary. Right. And so... The unsaid piece, so that's that's the first one, is why boundaries aren't inf- don't actually work, is they're unsaid. In other words, we haven't communicated that to each other. Listen, I need time with you, mm-hmm. or I'm going to feel like we're, we're drifting apart. Right. And we, we tend to do poorly when we don't have time. So we have to articulate that. We need X amount of time, X so often throughout the week. That's your saying it. Now, the unenforced piece is if we, if we fail to understand and then say and then enforce those boundaries mm-hmm. it's as if they don't exist at all okay so that's i just want to be really clear on that yeah. distinction between those three uh, reasons why boundaries don't don't work right and just to kind of redefine what a boundary is uh we think that healthy boundaries they really define expectations they show respect for others um and they're rooted in self-control because uh, the Bible does command us to control ourselves and right our human sin desires to control others and not necessarily ourselves. But so it's just hmm. expectations that show respect for others and uh, it's rooted in self-control. That's good. So really good. we're going to walk through, you know, what we talked about, kids, marriage, boundaries. Uh, what do boundaries require? We went through this last week, but it's we're just going to add that kid piece to it because it does illuminate uh, our, how we how we hmm. should behave when we're having conflict or how we can enforce you know different um, boundaries and be unified on them because I think sometimes we uh, have different understandings hmm. of how what parenting should look like in yeah. certain moments. Um, and then how does the Bible instruct us? Uh, the gospel. What does the Bible and Jesus show and model and teach us in how to live out these boundaries? How do our convictions uh, form those purposes and motivations behind it? Yeah, I think it would be really helpful. I'm going to jump down just a little bit just to grab this little piece. Um, There's a distinction here, and this has to be really clear at the outset, between uh, boundaries that elucidate truth and demonstrate godliness. Okay, Mm -hmm. There's a difference between those types of boundaries and boundaries that are there to obscure the situation entirely. Right. And we see this, I think, most prevalently as in an example of just when we're, when we have conflict, right? Right. You might hear somebody say, uh, yeah, my parents never fought around me. Yeah. Or I never saw my parents fight. Okay. That, that could be taken a number of ways. Is that because they're fighting somewhere else and they're just, you can't see them or they've been really good at hiding it? Or is it because they never actually fought? Or is it because you realize they had conflict, but it, but it was healthy? Hmm. And so that to me is, so drawing a boundary around how we have conflict, and we'll just use this example, is 
we don't want our kids to never see us disagree or even really fight. We, we want them to see that because even in, in, in Christ-centered, godly marriage, ideally, even our conflict is put to work for the good of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Even our conflict is used for our, our good and our kids' good. That even when we fight and we sin, God will somehow use that for, for, his, glory. for his glory and to show his kids repentance to show our kids repentance, to show uh, to show us what unconditional love looks like. Yeah. Oh, and identifying sin and pride and yes, and then the repentance of the yeah. yeah. So that to me is so the, the healthy boundary there is not we never want our kids to see us fight. The boundary is if and when we have conflict, we want to have conflict that is biblical, healthy, and, and constructive and productive. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to call names. We're not going to yell not, curse words. Yell curse words, and we're not going to make fun of each other or. <laughs> We're laughing because all of these have happened, folks, if we're really transparent. Full disclosure, all of these have happened. Yes. But for the perfect couples out there that have not had this happen, you can just laugh at us. You guys can disregard this part because you got it all figured out. So. Stop. Um, okay, where are we going from here? Sorry, I, I went off script a little bit. but Well, I think, you know, we talked about the unclear, unsaid, unenforced. And it's, as a mom, I know it's hard for me to sometimes continually reinforce these boundaries right because you feel like you're enforcing them a thousand plus times a day of Mm. you know trying to protect your kids or teach your kids but within the marriage space it's it's different when when dad comes around and there's this dynamic of you know training and you're protecting the children and you're teaching them you know proverbs 22 6 like raise up a child in the way they should go so when they're old they will not depart from it so I don't I know that mothers have this and we do this every day but there's something about the dad dynamic like when you come in and you sit down at the table or your presence is here there's just this like I don't know this whole another like aura right or this whole another that they just you can say something and they just are like it's clear it's said it's enforced that's what i feel like sometimes and i know that's not always the case last night last night okay oh we won't get into the fight last night we had we had an argument a fight we didn't handle it perfectly god is good we reconciled but the fight was around the amount of chaos in our life you mentioned that we had moved well there's still a lot of post-move chaos happening and i'm making dinner because you were you were doing who knows what (laughs) Just lounging around. Yeah. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kids are up making a mess in their room. And I had asked them to clean up their Legos twice. Guys, to- asking your kids to clean up Legos is the worst. <laughs> I love Legos. I love we that they're love doing them, Legos. But they're so... Yeah, I mean, you everybody know, knows, like, you, you step know. on the Lego, it's like, it's like next to torture. Uh-huh. You step on the... Anyway, I asked them to pick them up in the morning, and then they were like, well, we got to get ready to go. So I said, okay, well, we'll do it later. And another thing came up and it was nice out. So I said, let's go outside. Anyway, they came down. It was like six o'clock time for dinner. I'm making dinner and they're, they're playing with their new kittens and mm-hmm. we want them to enjoy the kittens. But I said, in my dad voice, cause you, you know, every dad has one mm-hmm. girls. I'm going to ask you a question and I want a straight answer. Mm-hmm. Just like, are your Legos picked up right now? And they said, no, I said, go do it. <laughs> and they go, and they just bolted upstairs. <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, it's like they, they know the boundaries that they can push with us. Um, go do it. Yes. So I guess just to begin there of this idea of training our children, mm-hmm. right? These, I think setting up boundaries can be such an obscure thing to try to figure out because you're like, I want to train them for God's glory, for their good. But I don't always know in the moments, like, am I making a good decision here in training them hmm. and putting this boundary? Is this boundary a good boundary for them to be following? Because I have to, I question my boundaries all the time, which is why I am not very good at enforcing them all the time. So, okay. And then how, how does that relate to us? Because there's like, again, the clearest one is like our mommy, daddy time, not quote unquote, <laughs> mommy, daddy time, <laughs> but mom and dad time where we need to connect. There's, right. there's a difference there. If you're married, you know, and you're probably married. <laughs> so, um, point is, like, there's health there. And so when they come down, they're constantly interrupting us. Like, we basically say, like, we love you. We we, we want to teach you. <laughs> just, but just get out of here. You're not welcome here. <laughs> because we... We're trying not to be passive aggressive like Dwight. And, and, <laughs> I love you. Just don't cross me. <laughs> and the, the, the message you have to communicate there is that mom and dad have a relationship too. And we need to talk. We need to talk about mom and dad things and you don't understand and you will someday and you can listen, but 
you're not invited right now. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and a boundary I, you have to enforce with right. them. Right. And again, it's going back to this idea of a boundary that there's a good, a bad, or a good and a better, right? There's there's these yeah. this idea that some things are wrong and some things are right. And that is so I I don't I don't know. Now more than ever, at least it feels like in our culture, the lines are being erased on every front. So hmm. I feel that especially as a parent sometimes of just where do I put this boundary? In 20 years, are they going to think about this boundary and think, wow, why did my mom set that boundary up? You know, and they probably are not. I'm very much an overthinker. But under the umbrella of training, how do we, what are the purposes, right, that we are in for, in, implementing these boundaries? Mm-hmm. Because we can be unclear about them and then the training is kind of falling apart, like you said. They don't understand them. Yeah. We're not saying them and then we're not enforcing them. Yeah. So, but it can't just be about the boundary. It has to be about the greater purpose, which in this case is the health of our marriage, right? Yeah, well said. This is the, this case it's, it's being unified. It's modeling that marriage covenant relationship that God has set up. God has ordained these orders and these purposes. Mm-hmm. So in one respect, it could be argued that I am walking in disobedience. If I am not honoring and upholding my covenant, uh, before, like if everything's being sacrificed on the altar of children, right? Yeah. I mean, clear example is, uh, you've got kids with needs, right? And they're loud. Um, I'm not sure if we'll bring this up later, but we talked to some friends, the uh, Matt and Lisa Jacobson a while back mm-hmm. on the podcast and they, they have one like of the things, nine kids, yeah, they have a lot of kids and they, they, they told us they have their morning coffee time. And that's kind of like non-negotiable. All the kids know, and they're grown. Some of them are grown. Some of them are younger. And one of the things Matt said is like, kids, if you let them, they'll suck every ounce of energy right out of the room. We were like, amen, amen. <laughs> Couldn't and, have said it more perfect. And so one example where you could be maybe dishonoring God in your marriage because you're trying to be a hyper attentive parent yeah. is you've got a kid who's like, I need water. I want this. I want that. And your spouse is like just needing desperately to connect with you or they're hurting and, and they need your help mm-hmm. to kind of work through an issue or they, they need your help to work through a sin or to, you know, or you've instead of like maybe dealing with that issue, you've thought it's easier to, just to pour myself fully into my kids. Yeah. And so I'm going to busy myself about the business of parenting. Right. And I, I've just given up on my marriage or my marriage is more work than them. That, that is where I think you enter into sin territory. Mm. And, you, and, and that's the whole good and better side. Mm-hmm. It's not that parenting is bad. You're not choosing to go to the bar and get drunk or to go do whatever that vi- that vice, vice is. Yeah. Instead, you're, you're choosing a good thing, but remember, the, the definition of sin in biblical terms is disordered love, is that you love something more than God, or you, you put something at a higher priority than he's commanded you to. Right, or even him himself. And in the human way. case, it's yeah. usually I put myself above God, and I right. want to be God to myself. I want right. to be the, the master of my own and destiny. And with the marriage, it could be we put our kids above our marriage. And that's, mm-hmm. that has, that is not something that God has ordered that, nor is that loving to your children. It, mm. it might seem in that Preach. moment, but it really is not. I mean, if you look at verses that talk about loving your children, of course, Ephesians, right? Fathers, not provoke your mm. children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, part of instructing our children is also modeling, uh, and walking out this covenant of unity, this covenant of, I am being married. I am married to another person. God has ordained this. This is above you. Um, and you need to understand this. Always a caveat, right? There's always a caveat. When you have a newborn or an infant, that time is crazy. It's a big fog. Hmm. Um, those are moments and those are seasons where you can serve and love each other. It's mm-hmm. not that you put the two-week-old baby down when they're screaming and crying because they're hungry and you're saying, I am I need mommy and daddy time right now because we have not connected you got to just work those things out for yourself, <laughs> yeah, you have right? To discern and, and yeah, be wise for the seasons. Yeah. But these verses about like love is patient and kind. Well, when we're enforcing these boundaries and again, boundaries are not a negative thing. Mm. Boundaries are there for our good, for our flourishing, for our growth, for our freedom, right? For us to embrace freedom, which feels ironic, right? Culture would say like, why are there lines? Why are there boundaries that that's limiting freedom? And God says, no, this is the path to freedom mm. is by having these, these defined lines and order uh, and boundaries. But I will add that it's not. So when it comes to parenting and marriage there, it's riddled with arbitrary boundaries. Mm. Okay. And so people who have opinions are, are creating boundaries. They're saying, this is right. This is wrong. Okay. So one huge can of worms, and we're not going to get into it. But one huge, huge can of worms in the parenting space 
to make it a point, okay. and I don't want to debate the point, I just want to make it, is that some people will die on the hill of uh, how to get your kid to stay asleep. Oh, yeah. Right? There's all kinds of methods. There's... About how to get your kid to sleep through the night, basically. Yeah. And, and, there, and, and that's one of these... Those boundaries... I'm just going to say it are largely arbitrary. Like they're not, they're, you're not going to find anywhere in scripture that says thou shalt get your child to sleep by following such, such and such method and being faithful I've in looked, that way. People I've looked. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. That's a place where you are the parents and yeah. God has given you brains and he's given you hearts and he's given yeah. you in, to an extent instincts to follow as a mom, as a father. And so when you die on those hills, you're dying on a hill that the Bible has not given you to die on. Mm. And so arbitrary boundaries can and so that can cause all kinds of division mm. in your marriage. Those arbitrary boundaries can cause division between you and your kids, mm-hmm. where God did not mean for division to be there or for a boundary to be there, uh, or in between you and your in laws, between you and your friends. So these are these are like we have to be wise. Yeah, well, and I th- I think it's hard, right, to discern between arbitrary and like a godly boundary because our desires are so strong and we want what we want. We want sleep, right? We want Mm. to feel good about the decisions that we're making and Christ's model and example is die to yourself. Like it's Mm. service. It is not, he is the servant King. And does that mean we are just a doormat? No, the very act of serving and dying to self brings life. It brings deeper joy. It brings, you and know. service is never just relegating responsibility no. to, to, to enact godly things in that space, right? That's the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Right. Peacekeepers are passive. Peacemakers are actively making peace right. in that situation. That's why I think the distinction between service that is a doormat and service that is Christ-centered, Christ-motivated, and standing upright right. and working out the good of God in that place. So I want to take a shift real quick, and I want to say, I want us to kind of just discuss this idea of um, depending on this, just to say this clearly, depending on the stage that you're in with your children, I think your boundaries may look and function differently, right? We don't have some of the same boundaries we do with a four-year-old versus like an 18-year-old. Uh, but the purposes, I think, behind them should be the same throughout, right? Mm. What are those purposes? This is what we're talking about today. What are the purposes and how are they defined and what are they rooted in? Are they rooted in your selfish needs or your desperate like pleas for control or or are they rooted in scripture and are we being obedient through and through? Hmm. Um, because the marriage focus purposed purpose, sorry, is, is for the health of our marriage. We need a healthy marriage to be able to raise children within this covenant hmm. that God's ordained. Yeah. Um, part of also part of teaching and training our children in these different ages and stages. Um, I think one of the biggest pieces that we learned talking to the spatterals was how to invite them in. So they're on the other side of the boundary, uh, inviting an outside. Sorry, I'm probably not saying this very clearly. So when your children disobey, are you just, they breach the boundary, they breach the boundary. Are we inviting them in? Are we chasing them away? And why inviting them into understanding why this boundary is here to love and honor them as a person, I guess. The wording's a bit uh, I hear what you're saying. So maybe you can clarify. When you say inviting them in, it, it feels like you're saying inviting them with to within the boundary. No, Sorry. you're saying the boundary exists. Yeah, we're inviting you to to, uh, to respect this boundary. Yeah, and we're going to tell you how this is going to how we're going to relate. We're to not going to change the boundary itself. Yeah. In other words, this boundary still exists. I still need time with your mom mm-hmm. to connect. I'm inviting you to help to show me that you want to respect and help me enforce this boundary, yeah. and that you understand. We're going to help you understand. Yeah, and if they don't show that they're willing to engage in that invitation, then you have to make the boundary stronger in different ways. And this depending on the age of the child. Right. So I'm thinking of this is like, okay, so you have a young child, right? Who they just need everything. And they just always are asking for things. That boundary could be, it's going to be look very different than a grown child who has developed a codependent relationship with you. And they are maybe always making a mess of things. And you always are the one that's like saving them out of it. Mm. Okay. And that's causing issues in your marriage because there's, there's a perpetuating, there's a perpetual unhealth there. Right. And so as a, as a parent of a grown child, there comes a time where the child needs to learn how to be more independent. Now we're not there in our lives. We've seen it happen in other couples We've seen lives. Different stages of it, I think. Different stages. And I'm not saying you send your, you know, 18 year old to just fend for themselves. Like yeah. they, they will need help. But like, if you have a 35 year old, right, who is still, acting like an 18 year old, 
then there might be a different, there's a different boundary that needs to be placed. And the, But here's the thing, and that's what you just said, and I love it, is the purpose is the same. Because for the health of our marriage, like we can't be your savior, nor can we be your your parent in that capacity for your entire lives. That is not healthy. That is not, that's not godly. There is the line that needs to be drawn there. And that's different depending on the age and the stage mm-hmm. of the child. Mm-hmm. And so, but the point we're making here is not how to make those boundaries with your child or what the right breaking point. The point is the spirit of the boundary around your marriage is that there exists a better and a worse scenario for the health of your marriage. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think, I think it becomes really unclear sometimes when you have younger children in the house and you have to deal because you, you have to deal with their responses because typically, you know, our 18 month old Mm. is not, I'm not going to say Lou, you know, go play quietly in your room while mommy and daddy have some talk time. (laughs) Never happens folks. Unless her sisters run upstairs and say, come on Lou, let's play. And then it happens for about 10 minutes, which is a lot of time. I get it. Um, but the purpose behind what we're trying to do. So we've got some work coming up uh, for the podcast or we just need to connect. Like there's just some things that we need to Mm -hmm. connect on. So Lou, you can go play with your sisters or you can go sit in your crib for about 15, 20 minutes and you may cry and that's okay because this is a boundary that needs to happen. It doesn't happen often because she actually does go play with her sisters pretty well and we can kind of give her stuff to play with when she's around us and we're trying to talk. But at any point, if things become a little, she becomes a little overbearing and she starts encroaching on those boundaries, uh, then we have to draw them. And there there might be a time of crying and there might be a time mm-hmm. of frustration. And for me, the peacekeeper, right? I'm, I'm not good at peacemaking. I'm learning. But I just, I don't want kids crying. I don't want, I want everybody to be happy. And God has softened my heart and shown me that it's okay for them to cry a little bit and it's good for them to understand boundaries and discipline. They won't always cry. They won't be seven and crying about the boundary yeah. that you put in place. They'll actually embrace it and they'll feel safer because of it. And and they will watch and understand, okay, mom prioritizes her marriage in this way. Therefore, when I'm married, right. I should probably do the same thing. Right. Ideally. Now, right. that's not a perfect translation all the time. Right. But the point is you're modeling it and that's, so it's not just, it's for the good of your marriage, but it has this ripple effect generationally. Yeah. And it's a difficult thing to learn because babies are born with so many just needs. They need everything. They need you for everything. And listen, there's a time to right. to, to meet every right. need. Right. And there's a time in the seven-year-old and the 10-year-old and 12 to meet every need right. as a parent would. We're just saying that where the rubber meets the road, if the, if your marriage is, 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 is suffering because there has been a disordered right. love here. Boundaries. But the child is always trumping your marriage. Mm. They're always trumping the health of your marriage. You're always tired and beat up because you're always dealing with these issues. Right. And every other aspect, and your spouse is suffering, your marriage is suffering. That's when we're saying, like, it's time to make a, a grown-up decision. Right. And to recognize, to 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 see it, all right? What what are the three things? So you have... It's unsaid. Unsaid. Um, unclear. Un- so you, unclear. So you see it clearly. Mm-hmm. Like we're here to give you permission to say like, it's okay to draw a line between you and your kids when it comes to your marriage. Yeah. Like they don't get in there. That's your, your spouse was there before the kids got there and <laughs> your spouse will be there after they leave. Ryan jokingly says that to our kids. <laughs> He's like, I love your mom. She was here first. And I'm like, well, and, yeah, it's true. But well, no, I, I don't want But wanna, I mean that. Yeah, like, I know. I love you I in a different way. Of course. Than, than how I love them, obviously. But we're here to give you permission to see that boundary clearly, to say, listen, husband, wife, whoever you're talking to, your own spouse, saying, our marriage needs to be put on a higher priority mm-hmm. in this area, okay? And that's and that's the clarity piece. Now it's time to communicate that to each other right? and to communicate that to your kids, and that's what we're, that's what we're talking through here. Right. And then don't forget to enforce it. <laughs> right. And I do you want to go through what boundaries require or do we want to just kind of discuss a little bit more boundaries in marriage um and around marriage i think we should go through these mm. a little bit the we, we talked about these what boundaries require i think really quickly we go through that because i do want to get into the really specific we've talked generally around some issues i'd yeah. like to get more specific if okay. we can um boundaries require and this is a great you, you wrote this um this list here so governance or discipline um and what that means is uh, enforce enforcement Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's around the idea of self-control. So not only, so in our marriage, right, we talked about this last week with our spouse having boundaries within our marriage with each other. So we are going to uh, have some, 
governance and we're going to discipline ourselves in the fact that we are going to have self-control in how we deal with each other's when our emotions may not align with the behavior that we are supposed to be engaging in. Right. So if I'm not, if I'm responding out of sinful emotions, uh, and, and just flying off the handle, then I need to exercise governance and discipline and self-control. Hmm. Um, when kids are involved, um, you almost augment that because they are sinners and they are loud about it. So I need to, when we, when we talked about this earlier, when we have conflict, we still need to engage in self-control. We still need to build their trust and walk them through, uh, the conflict that we may be having with each other, but also if there's conflict with them. Okay. Trust that. Okay. I will get into the specifics. I just want to mention like, uh, priorities and margin. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that later on. And that that's a function of your discipline and self-control in Mm. this area. Um, the second thing that boundaries require is trust and obedience that, okay, and this is the key, trusting that being obedient to God will bear fruit mm. that is godly and is eternal. Because we can say like, but it feels so good to fly off the handle and I don't care if my kids listen because I want them to know how terrible their dad is. That feels good to put him in his place because mm. he's, he's whatever the, 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 you know, whatever the fault is. Uh, trust and obedience would say that, that there is a way to go about correcting and mm. encouraging and uh, exhorting and rebuking. That is godly. Right. But it doesn't feel as good. Why? Because our flesh is reigning in that right. area and we need to follow the spirit instead. Yep. And Submit that takes trust. It takes submission. Oh, we love that word, don't mm. we? I love the word submission. So submitting ourselves to God's word, trusting it, being obedient to it, knowing that it will be better than what we think is good. Um, boldness and clarity. We kind of touched on this in terms of the unclear and the unsaid part, but this is the third one, right? This yeah. is the third one. Um, but having that boldness and clarity to guys, it's something I had to learn to be a parent. Like when you say no and they don't listen or they just stare at you, like how do I not be wishy-washy or you're on the other side of the spectrum and you just got a heavy hand, right? And just, ah, no, and just yelling at him the first no. time. So how do we as a couple establish a uh, good parenting philosophies and techniques that are clear that show that we love our kids uh but that we're teaching them boundaries now even in the smallest things of not touching like not touching hot things because as they get older the boundaries get wider and different and so we want that training to begin so we need that Mm -hmm. boldness we need that confidence and clarity uh and then the fourth one was vigilance um that kind of goes without saying i feel like there's a lot uh, you talked about a piece, I think last week when, with being vigilant about our boundaries, mm-hmm. um, not yeah. having them be arbitrary. Right. I mean, there's the saying, right. The, 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 a chain is only as strong as its weakest length. Uh, you could, you could say that about boundaries in the sense that they're only like, if you just think about a castle, right. You have this like one day a week or one day a month, we'll say you have this castle the rest of the month. It's got this massive wall built around it. It's this beautiful, strong functioning good wall and and how effective is that wall if once a month the wall is just gone mm. right that's when it's that's when the the castle is going to get ransacked mm. that's when the destruction is going to happen and you can't just the next day just have a new castle again like you have to rebuild all the destructed things so they take you have to be vigilant with boundaries because it it a breached boundary can cause so much damage so quickly now there is grace and we're talking about parenting there's a little bit more of a of a uh, flex here uh in terms of you know, room to, to mess it up, I will say. Yeah. And cause you have grace for one another. So anyway, that's what, that's what came to mind as yeah. you were talking about that. Uh, the fifth one, um, thing that boundaries requires love and patience, uh, just be patient and loving in how you enforce them with each other and with your kids. Right. It's so easy to just run, run over anybody in your way with your, whatever your word vomit, whatever, however you're feeling and just letting that just spray everywhere. And everybody just deals with what you had just said and felt right. But again, we're in this for the long game. There's an ending insight that we probably can't see. That makes a lot of sense. And this one makes a lot of sense in terms of how uh, you would would relate to one another. So say we have a disagreement and how um, we should be parenting our kids. Mm. And we, there's a boundary developing in like it, we have to create boundaries and how we disagree around disciplining our kids, Mm. how we disagree on even things like. I mean, I'm thinking, um, I tend to be a lot more, I'll say this, I tend to be a lot less risk averse when it comes to our kids and doing things, you know, think, uh, things like riding in the back of a pickup truck, you know, on a country road, or sometimes we go up the mountains and I'll put the kids in the back and you know, the rule is, you know, sit down, but like I'll leave the back hatch open on a, on a 
forest road. You're not going fast. But like you can a probably mother's, see what I'm thinking and feeling at those moments. And so we could fight. Like we could fight and say, oh, I'll say they're fine. They're fine. Why are you so worried? Why are you being such a, you know, such a wet blanket or whatever? We're having a good time. And you're like, why do you hate our kids so much? Why do you want our kids to die? And so the boundary there is not what do we do with their kids. The boundary we want to talk about there is how do we discuss that in a productive, helpful, endearing, loving, patient way? Yeah. And that's where love and patience, I think, mm, comes in. Yep. Um, yeah. And the final piece, which I think it plays more into this uh, relationship with parent and child. Uh, it does with each other. But we talked about it last week with each other's empathy. Uh, seek to understand the other person or the party. And this will help set the trajectory for the boundary. Um, there's nothing like empathizing with your kids. And it seems so easy to just lay the boundary down, the rules, whatever, and just walk away. You deal with it. But the thing about it is, is that when we empathize with them, when we say, I know this is hard, like your mom and dad, like we know that it's hard to not want something, right? We're dealing with a lot of coveting in our, in our household a little bit, and we're learning gratefulness and thankfulness, but it's hard to not want a new toy that your friend has or something that, you know, I hate when you tell me that. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and so they understand that we understand the struggle as well. And so yeah. that builds trust. That builds, um, I think, our relationship, and it keeps our hearts soft, uh, mm. I think, towards each other because we're practicing that empathy, obviously, with each other as spouses, but also with our kids, and we're modeling that um, as well. So, Okay, so I think at this point, let's um, boundary, like let's talk about these a- actual, like where this needs to function in a marriage, so very specific examples. Uh, you've probably already thought of some, listener, as you're hearing us. Uh, so we're going to bring up a few that came to mind for us. Now, you, you have a mind, you have a, a, you know, you have God's word in front of you. So you, I think you can probably apply what and we're you saying. And you know your, uh, you know your situation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the first one we've mentioned is how do we interact with each other? Uh, and that's what I, I mean, that's in terms of our conflict. We'll talk about that more, um, down the line, but around, uh, parenting styles and philosophies. Okay, so one of you feels like the kids, like it tends to be harder on the kids. One tends to be super, uh, I'll say, I'll use this word, licentious with them. Meaning like, there's always a reason. And the reason always justifies whatever the action is. Right? That's you always. <laughs> oh, Just kidding. You know, and so it's you me. tend to, and so <laughs> the question is not, how we're not here to tell you in this podcast where those lines are and whether or not you should be more gracious or That's licentious. That's another podcast. That's a different, wholly different thing. <laughs> here it's how do we... Husband and wife, Ryan and Selena, you and your spouse, uh, get an agreement on this. Mm. And so the the important thing is we do need to agree. We need to parent with unity. We need to parent according to God's word. We need to find that agreement, I think, too. And like, that's the whole go, finding clarity. Go up the ladder. So it's not just about this decision that is on the table in front of us. Go up the ladder. You do this with me all the time of like when we when I feel like we're against each other and we're fighting about something for the kids. You're like, babe, like the car on the mountain. You're like, I want our kids to be safe. I don't want them to fall out and get run over. Like, I want them to be safe. And I, I'm, I'm just like, I can't comprehend this. This is not adding up with your actions. But when you say that, then I, that honestly, I have to, it, I have to learn to trust you in those moments, even if I don't feel like it and I don't want to. I trust that yeah. you are going to be the dad. God is God. I can submit some of these mm. feelings I can just relinquish them maybe not submit but I will relinquish them and I will trust yeah. that you are not going to do anything that is too crazy although sometimes I think my breaks are good to be so enforced <laughs> that road goes both ways and that I need to trust that your motherly instincts you also love our kids you're well, not just trying to like minimize their fun no but I know like hey Louisa can't hang on very well so maybe we yeah. should go a little slower somebody else holds her right yeah. like yeah and and so we have to have a conversation around that again we're not here to tell you whether or not you should have your kids in the back of a truck going right. up a mountain road example. of course if you're going to do that like be very careful and go slow here and... come the bad reviews <laughs> <laughs> and do it in a way that completely is safe. Just be smart. But the point is, is we have to have that conversation. And so the boundary there is, listen, we're on the same side and we're not going to let this divide us. And at the end of the day, we're going to find a, pl- a place of compromise mm-hmm. that we both feel honored. And we also both are being led to trust one another in maybe a new way mm-hmm. without being, uh, without being reckless yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, another example of this, uh, same principle is around screen time. Yeah. Okay. So if, so we talked about this, 
I grew up in a household where our default activity as a family was to watch TV together. And I don't think that's uncommon. It's not uncommon. And so right now, like my and comfort TV was different back. It then. was very different back then. Uh, but like our default was not to go like do an activity. Like we did plenty of activities. Don't get me wrong. But like on a weeknight and it, we live in the Northwest, so it might maybe raining and cold outside. So right. it's like, what do you do? Our default was not to like play a game. Like we played games some, but more or read often. a book or yeah. Or even sit or and talk or do a project yeah. around the house. It was always like, let's just kind of turn the TV on. And in that there's, there's again, that was in the eighties and nineties, different culture than today where screens are everywhere and they're literally like engineered to be addictive. Yeah. And so there are different considerations today than there were back then. I want to be gracious to my parents. Um, I loved growing up on like eighties TV and nineties <laughs> movies. It's great. But with our kids, like my tendency is at the end of the day, I've been putting like high octane mental load on like work stuff and reading and study and scripture and all that kind of stuff for, for you guys and for seminary. And so at the end of the day, like I just want to veg out and like my veg activity is turn on, we watch Dr. Pole on the, on Disney plus, uh, it's, it's, he's a farm vet and it's pretty brutal. Like, so if you, if you have a queasy stomach, don't watch it. There's a lot of prolapsed things, <laughs> things like in out. farm animals. Uh, anyway, so, and Selena's default is not that you, you would much rather read a book well, my, and I'm like thinking, read a book. No, I don't want to read another book. A TV is easy. Reading a book is less easy. Although I find it much, it's become easier, right? It's a habit that yeah. you have to begin and it becomes easier, but it's so much richer to me to have them ask questions about a story or laugh or say, can I see the pictures and like talk about it? It's, there's just so much more there. Mm-hmm. I'm again. I'm not against screen time because kids go in cycles. You're you're for balancing it, yeah. Not just going well. Again, hot wild with what it. is the boundary here, right? Well, for us, it was how do we find agreement in this? And and we were just talking, and I was a it was a light bulb moment for me because I was like, listen, I don't feel like sitting down and reading a chapter book with the girls because they want you to read it with the voices and all that. And I love well, doing you've that. You've set that standard. Oh, I don't do voices. I do voices and accents. It's a <laughs> it's a rich experience. <laughs> My husband goes pedal to the metal every time, people, so. And so Selena said, you know what, but you can just sit on the, because I said, what I like about watching shows is I don't have to think about it and I can sit and snuggle with the girls yeah. and we can laugh and we can enjoy the story together. And you said, well, you can do that and I'll just read you the story. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you said, this is, and this is where we found agreement, because I'm getting what I really am longing for in that moment. And you said, that would be like a, a, a hope fulfilled for my soul. That is a deep soul longing for you to read stories to your kids. Yeah, at night. And how, who am I to take that from you? And so this is a way that we can find compromise and that boundary is upheld mm-hmm. and that we are in agreement. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the activity. It's about that we're in agreement on it and it's a healthy direction for us. Exactly. Exactly. You wanted to touch on um, priorities and margin. I think that might yeah. be a good spot right now. Um, we're getting mm-hmm. low on time, but we can yeah. talk about that real quick. And we'll talk about, I want to talk about intimacy too um, okay. after this. Uh, so priorities and margin, uh, what we mean by that is if your family and, and please hear this and with all the grace that I can muster, I'm not trying to be point the finger, but if your family is, if you could say confidently that very rarely does your family sit down around the table and have a meal together, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, most often families are having dinner together because of work schedules and all that. If that's a rarity for you, then I would challenge you and say that there's probably some margin that needs to be regained through a boundary through some sort of boundary in your life. And so the boundaries that we establish as a couple around our kids have an effect on the margin that we have as a family. So for, for instance, if little Johnny's doing everything under the sun, you're going to piano practice, then you have soccer practice, then you have acting practice. (laughs) I don't know what to call it. I was not. Uh, a, I did not come well, from a theater home. Typically, there's school, right? And then if you have any sports activities, that usually takes up quite a bit of, if not all of the day, right? Yeah, and then they're going to their friend's house, and they're going to youth group, and then they're going to. I mean, all these really good, positive things. It's not like Johnny's out, you know, peddling drugs, being a street youth. Being a street youth. <laughs> <laughs> I was a street youth, so you be careful. It's true. Um, Praise the, God. <laughs> Uh, the point is, is that there is a time when those good things become bad things. Mm-hmm. And that's what boundary, you need clear boundaries. Say our family, our marriage, like needs this for health. Yeah. 
And if we're always running around, if, if Selena's always running the kids around and I'm at home or I'm always working, this goes the same way. I'm always working. I'm working later. I've got all these different projects, all these ambitions, things that are for our family, right? To provide. And I'm providing the best, mm. you know, and I'm doing God's work. But if now the girls are going to bed and I'm not saying goodnight because I'm working or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need to create boundaries right. around those types of things. And so in the, in the parenting, this conversation, again, there's a lot of overlap here, but thinking in terms of boundaries between us and our kids um, in a really healthy way mm-hmm. has to do with saying no to your kids for the purpose of, and this is a fierce parenting side, <laughs> everything, everything, excuse me, every decision you make for your kids is discipleship. Every decision you make as a parent is discipleship. The question is, what are you discipling them in? And so when you allow them to do every sport, you're discipling them in something. Now, if that sport is taking them away from you discipling them the things of God, like that needs to be kind of thought through mm-hmm. and changed. And you need to be training them up in the ways of God. Mm-hmm. And so the point I'm trying to make here is we need to, to to say no to some things to say yes to the best things. Right. Say no to good things to say yes to say yes to the right things. And in doing so, we're and setting it, a boundary. Yes. So for us personally, uh, nighttime, you know, is such a precious time. Uh, but also in terms of community, right? Bible community, Christian community. Yeah. How do mom and dad grow in that? Well, our kids know that dad has guys Bible study and his guys group on Tuesday. Mommy has hers on Wednesdays. And that's two nights out of the week. That's plenty of nights to be gone. It's a lot of commitment. Yeah. However, we can use those nights to really invest in the children and really show them yeah, daddy's at his Bible study, right? It's Tuesday. They know this rhythm. They know this habit. And they understand that this is a boundary that has been placed for the heart of our family, mm-hmm. for the heart of my husband to be grown and sharpened, for the heart yeah. of me as a mom and a wife and a woman mm. to study God's word, to dissect it with other women and to encourage other women to pray for and be prayed for. So these are, and this is the vocabulary we use with them. We aren't just saying he's out of guys' Bible study, but in their terms, they're with other guys learning about Jesus, learning how to be better daddies, how to be better husbands, how to be men of God. Um, and the same goes for when you're gone. I'm, I'm telling them that right, and you're they get studying some, God's word with other women so that you can grow in the things of God, right, just like you, they will one day. I said, and, one day you'll go with mommy, and they'll right. have that idea, by the way. And they get special time with daddy. So they, there's there's this balance again. Screen this, time and candy. This dance of... <laughs> no boundaries of when mom's gone. Boundaries. Um, let's talk quickly about intimacy. Is there something you want to mention? It's kind yeah. of an obvious, right? There's no... Yeah, I mean, you have... And we've talked about this at length. And I think there's a podcast episode called um, Having a Healthy Sex Life After You've Had Kids, something to that effect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the, that one's a doozy to name. Let me just tell you. Yeah, there's a lot of stumbling blocks in there. The point that we're trying to make is that uh, it's really easy, especially with young kids, to like see your intimate life just completely tank. Yeah. And that, and I'm not talking like the immediate you've just had a kid, but I'm talking like you've got a one year old, toddler, preschool, or a toddler, yeah. and they are just you know sleep's hard to come by, and you know all the they're not quiet or bound unless they're asleep, yeah, <laughs> and, and they, they don't sleep. And they're old enough to walk into your bedroom. <laughs> right. They're old enough to, t- to turn a door. They shouldn't be right? left alone. <laughs> and so uh, we've had to work through that, and as many of you have have as well. So here's the first thing: uh, being clear about it. So yeah. let me be clear: you need to connect with your spouse intimately, and that means. Uh, Every, every facet of intimacy, you got, obviously there's sexual intimacy, spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, specifically right now I'm talking about sexual intimacy. And if that's something that you feel like you are involuntarily giving up because of your kids, let me just be clear that you can create a boundary in this area and it's good, right, and true. You're not forsaking your kids and you can get an agreement with your spouse on that and you can fight for this. And that's a good thing. That's the first piece. Uh, unsaid it's articulating to each other. We talked about this a lot. Listen, we need boundaries here. Here's the boundary. We need to we need to be intimate X number of times per week or every other number of days. For us, I always say it, two to three days is about when we know it's time for us to carve out the time to be close, to be intimate with one another. Um, and so that's the saying piece. It's say we need this. Now it's you start talking through what does this boundary look like? Okay, kids need to be in bed on Tuesdays, on Fridays, and on Sundays, and you be in bed before before 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> mommy and daddy need like three hours. <laughs> no, the point is, that, you know, in bed by whatever that time is. For us, the good bedtime for our girls is like 8 o'clock, their head's on the pillows and we're reading a story or we're, you know, 
talking to them. Mm-hmm. They're they're gearing. They're they're slowing down. Got to find those windows. And um, that way, typically, yeah. And for us, we have a real. And this is just being really transparent. Our baby, she only goes for about two hours from the time you put her down to the time she needs to be like she something. Wakes up again, yeah. She wakes up. And so Louisa, the first time, and then she sleeps. People, she does sleep. <laughs> so we know that if we put Louisa down at eight o'clock or seven thirty, until about ten, and if 10:30, we di- if yeah. we if we daddle daddle if we daddle. daddle for too long, daddle, daddle. That's something I do. That's a dad. <laughs> <laughs> if we daddle and say the girls don't get to bed till eight thirty or nine, then we know that we have till nine thirty until Louisa wakes up and needs something, mm-hmm. and that's like clockwork. And so we know that if we're going to be intimate, then the older girls need to be asleep like shortly after the younger one. Mm-hmm. So that we can have at least some time to talk and not just be wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There are those but occasions. <laughs> there are those occasions, but we know that's not ideal. Yeah. And so you can create those boundaries and strategies. That's the, that's the and we, feel empowered with those. Yeah. God. And then enforce them. And so, like, have the discipline to say, tonight we're going to wind down early, kids, and you're going to be in bed. Um, some are better at this than others. We tend to fall somewhere in the middle. Like, we're not super militant about bedtime, but we're also not like go to bed whenever you want. <laughs> There's, we have friends that do that and it works for them with their teenagers, not, not seven year old, five year old. Um, the point is, okay, so they're in their bedroom, they stay in their bedroom and that's period. Yeah. And so when it comes to really tangible boundaries, like get a door that locks. (laughs) Um, another thing is for a, for a season in our lives when we just had two kids, we could only really find time in the afternoons when we had them with a show because our second daughter she had a really hard time sleeping. We could never find the time at night. And so we would say, and this is the, the marriage people. Okay. So please don't judge us. We'd say, Hey, how about you? Here's a 40 minute show. All right. 40. It was like, okay. I'm saying it's like 22 minutes, but sometimes it would go to another one. Right. So about around 40 minutes. You're right. Yeah. In those instances, we wouldn't drag it out. It would be, it would be very fun. Cause they're young, but they would sit there and they're glued cause they don't watch TV. Right. And so that was kind of, Doors are locked. It's a win-win-win win scenario. Nobody can leave. Everybody's having a, a grand old time. So, yeah, everybody's <laughs> doing what they love. <laughs> anyway, the point is uh, there are seasons for that where that's... Now, that's not the case any longer. Right. And so we don't do that. We don't use that particular device. Uh, and then things like date nights, saying like kiddos, uh, mom and dad need date time. So you're going to spend time with grandma and grandpa. That is a form of a boundary mm-hmm. uh, or with the babysitter or whatever for the health of our marriage. You're not invited to this. We go out to dinner. Well, we don't do it now because nope, nothing's open or nothing has been open. But uh, in the past, it would have been um, someone else going to put you to bed and so on and so forth. So the point is, we want we want to encourage you to find this clarity around your your marriage between your marriage and your kids, mm-hmm. and that's okay, and that's a good thing to pursue. Then take the time to articulate what that exactly looks like, and then. Uh, be equipped and encouraged and encourage one another to enforce these boundaries right. for the health of your marriage, even when it's hard, even right. when it feels counterproductive. And again, there's wisdom and discernment. So if you're looking at your schedules and your kids are gone at school all day and you're working, whatever windows you seem to find in your season and situation in life, embrace those with your kids. I think we are so quick to overlook like, oh, I don't have any, we don't have any time like with our kids and trying to make time for us and all of that. Well, it's not always about quantity, right? A lot of it is about quality. I can sit and read with my kids for 10 minutes and their buckets are filled for hours. But if I am just like, well, eh, just go to bed, like I'll tuck you in and that's it. Like we can, there's missed opportunities to mm. lovingly create boundaries and fill their buckets so yeah. that when mm. that boundary needs to be enforced, um, you can get a, a better behavior and response, yeah. I think. So. Good, good. Yeah. And we could talk a lot on this. We will at some point uh, through Fierce Parenting tackle these topics from yeah. the parenting perspective, not just marriage. But I hope this has been helpful. I think it's been helpful. Yeah. I've learned something Are we going to talk? I just want to set the stage for the next. We have two more conversations that we're going to have. Um, I know we were going to talk about intimacy and technology. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a big one. And then yeah. for uh, boundaries. Yeah. For boundaries. And then we were going to possibly talk about more in-laws. Yeah, uh, and extended fa- yep. family dynamics. That sounds right. We we re- reserve the right to call audibles on that. We are. Um, <laughs> My husband doesn't like to be backed into a. Party. Well, we are. <laughs> people have given us some questions that I don't uh, want to like. Okay. So you can text or call in nine seven one three 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 eleven twenty with boundary related topic topics that you would like us to cover. We may do like a a Q and A Q&A bonus okay. episode or something that nice. might be helpful to nice. do. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and text or call in if you've listened this long. You're probably interested in something. Yes. So nine seven one three three three. 1120. Uh, with that said, we're fresh out of time. So let me 
close us out in prayer. Lord, thank you for the gift that it is to uh, understand boundaries and to enforce them. I pray that you would help us to do so in light of your word, in light of God, what you're calling us to do as husbands, as wives, as parents. Um, I thank you for our kids, but also thank you for our marriage that is separate from our kids in some ways. And I pray that you'd find help us find health mm-hmm. in this area. I pray for the couples who are struggling, that you would encourage them, mm-hmm. that you would embolden them to follow you more uh, closely and to trust you um, more um, relentlessly, mm-hmm. Lord. And I pray that you would um, prove, th- prove to them that you are faithful however you choose to do so. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. Thank you for joining us. We will see you again in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.